Welcome back to Amid Yomi as we together learn Mesechtas Megillah, one page a day, in the merit of our hostages who are now being held for 115 days in Gaza and as a chus and merit for our soldiers. We are beginning on the bottom of page Be'ez Amid Be'ez, uh, the very second last line. And yesterday we mentioned a teaching from Avyermia, or Chibar Abba. The Gemara is now going to teach us another teaching from Rav Yirmiya and Rav Chibar Abba. Excuse me. Omar Rav Yirmiya became Rav Chibar Abba. Rav Yirmiya said, and others say, no, it was Rav Chibar Abba, who said the following teaching. Again, all the Gemara does is, once we teach one saying from Atanam, we'll go and teach other ones. Minatzapach Tzofim Omrim. The letters of Mem, Nun, Tzadi, Pei, and Kuf were instituted by the prophets. Now, what's unique about these letters? So these are all the letters where there is the letter, and then there is the uh, letter that we say, you know, the osofit, or the end of the letter, where there is, at the end of a word, the letter is written differently. So the assumption here is that the Torah recorded everything in the little letters, and then later on the prophets came along and instituted the uh, the letters to be changed at the end. But is this really possible? Can it really be that the prophets, prophets instituted something of this magnitude? Vaksiv. Elaha mitzvos, the verse tells us these are the mitzvos, and that's to tell us that Navi Rasha Dovermiata. A prophet is not permitted, it's Asr Midaraisa to create a new din. In fact, if a prophet comes along and says, God told me to change the Torah, we know he's a false prophet and we give him the death penalty. So how is it possible, therefore, that a, the prophets instituted these letters? Vod, Amrabhista. Furthermore, I have a, a proof that it couldn't this couldn't be true, not just because it would be an Isser, but also. Mem on top of the page, Benes how you owned it. The Mem and Samach and the Luchos were part of the miracle of the Luchos. And that is, the Luchos were written on tablets, and whatever side you looked at them, they um they they um you were able to read the letters. That's one miracle. The other miracle was that the Mem and Samach, they were they were the Luchos were etched out, meaning it wasn't that they wrote um you know the letter of um uh, Anochi Hashem. They didn't write Anochi Hashem in the Luchos. Rather, they, they, it was etched out, it hollowed out of the Luchos, the, the Aleph, the uh, the Nun, etc., for the for the letters of the of the Luchos. Now, if you think about it, if you hollow out a Nun, a, a, a Nun, and Nun, what you end up having is you have a the middle of it doesn't have any place to attach the middle of it where, where you didn't hollow out. Again, you hollow out a let's just, let's a good example. You hollow out a circle, so you have, you have the circle, but then the problem is that the, if it's um, the middle of the circle. Should uh has nowhere to stand, it's gonna fall out as well. So the, the one of the miracles of Luchos were the letter of the Nun and Samach, they hollowed out the Nun, they hollowed out the Samach, but then excuse me, they hollowed out the Mem, they hollowed out the Samach, but then the middle of it where didn't fall out, meaning even though it wasn't connected to the rest of the Luchos, the miracle was it was there. Point being, we see there was the Mem and the uh and, and the Samach in the Luchos equals that. The uh, this the end of the end of mem the this mem what was in fact changed in the luchos. So what are you telling me that this, this the sages are the ones who instituted it? So again, two problems. One is how can the sage institute something new? And number two is we know in the luchos that this mem existed because it tells us that the middle of the mem was not connected to the luchos yet they stood. Yes, that is correct. Rather, number one, it could be that. Although these letters existed, we we didn't know, it wasn't taught, are these letters specifically for the end, or are they for the middle? We didn't know how to uh, properly uh, appropriate the regular mem and the end mem. The prophets came and said that the open forms are used in the middle, and they get closed forms at the end of the word. Oh, one minute. So, so, what are you talking about? 
That's very nice, but at the end of the day, these are the commandments. Elamitz was like, no, we can't come and and, and, and mechadish anything. We can't teach anything. So why is it? Why is it? How is it that they we say the Navi the Navi instituted it when it's impossible to even to, to do that? So Rather, what it was is that obviously when the Torah was given, when the Torah was given, it was clearly delineated which that these these letters go at the end, but it was forgotten and the prophets came along and reinstituted it. Okay, that is the Lacha. Next. Another teaching of the Targum, the translation into Aramaic of the Torah, was composed by Unklus, who was a ger, a convert, um, and he got who he learned it from Rabbi Lazar of Yeshua. Targum Shalavim, notice me New Zealand, Rabbi Pichagas Aramalachi. The Targum and the prophets, the translation of the prophets that came from um, Targum Yonasan. Who Jonas Menuziel, who learned from the prophets of Chag and Zechariah Malachi. Now he didn't directly learn from them, rather he had a Mesorah tradition from them. All of Israel shook when he translated the uh, the prophets. Why is that? Yotzebaskel and a heavenly voice emanated and said, and Baskel, by the way, it sounds like an echo. Who is this person? Who taught my te- my teachings, my secrets? To mortal human beings. Who is it that taught these great secrets that are found in the prophets? So at, at that moment, Yonas bin Azil stands on his feet and he says, I am the one who revealed your secrets to man. And is revealed and known before you, God. I didn't do this for my own glory because I wanted my name attached to the Targum, to the translation. Nor did I want to bring glory to my father's house. I did this for your glory, God. So that they should prevent machlokus in the Jewish people, meaning to say the people were all misinterpreting the, the the prophets, and he wanted to ensure there wasn't any misinterpretations, there wasn't machlokus, so he revealed the secrets by translating it. Um, because like I was talking about, and then he said, now I want to go and finish up and, and, and translate the Ksuvim as well. You've done enough. You can't, don't do, don't do that. My time, oh, why was he prevented from doing so? Because in Daniel, in the in the in the writings, there is a reference to when the end of days, when Mashiach will come, and if he were to translate the Targum, do Targum of Daniel, he then revealed to everyone when Mashiach will come, and that is too far. So well, again, what we have here is that Unklus writes the translation for the Torah, Yonas Benazil writes it for for the. Um, Navi, he wants to do, he wants to, Aristotle shakes, and he says, look, I did it for your honor, and then he wanted to do the uh, Ksuvim, and, and, and that was enough, God said no. Okay. The Targum of the Torah, Unklus Hager Amru, is it really true, though? And now we're going to go back to the a question, a question, the Unklus was the one who wrote, the, who composed the Targum? I don't understand. But Amru of Ika Bar Oven, Amru of Hanal Rav, from Ika Bar Oven, instead of the name of Hanal, the name of Rav, might exceed the Torah, we, we have a Pasuk in Nehemia. It says, They read the scroll of God's Torah clearly with the application of wisdom. They clarified through the reading. So now we're going to derive each one of these words. What did they read? They said they read the scroll of God. This refers to the text of the Torah. This clearly refers to the Targum. This wisdom applies to how to, to divide each of the verses up. I mean, the fact we have verses is there. 
and they clarified the reading. This refers to the uh, the, the targum, the, uh, the cantillation, the um, the trup, which, uh, when read appropriately, it actually tells you the meaning of the words. In fact, Ravon Lipiansky from Baltimore, uh, from Silversmith, excuse, excuse me, just put out a safer where he shows how, depending on how you have where you put the trup, that will change the meaning of the text. And there are various places throughout his whole safer of it where, depending on what the trup is. That is going to define to, to define how to translate the text. So that's very important as well. That clarifies the reading. And some say no. Rather, this is the, the kudos. How to how to how to uh, punctuate the, um, the each spelling of each word. Point being, point being, we see from this verse Nehemia that the Targum Unklus came from way beforehand. So rather shachachu because of Yisodam. Same as we said before, it was forgotten and, and later Unklus restored it. Okay. Next, Ma'ashe the rise of the is the Azdo. The uh, Ad is the Azdo. Why is it that when Yonas Benazil translates the, uh, the prophets, Israel shakes, whereas when the Yonkles translates the Torah, Israel does not shake? Meaning Israel shakes symbolizes that something cataclysmic is happening, something major is happening. So Deraisim Yifarshim Milsa. Very simply, the Torah is written very clearly. So when he translated it, he didn't reveal anything, he just kind of translated and made it a little more accessible. When it comes to prophets, there are areas where it's very ambiguous. And there are areas where, sorry, the areas that are very clear and the areas that are very ambiguous. And through translating it, he now shows and he straightened out and he clarified some of the really ambiguous parts which would not have been known otherwise. And that's why this was so uh, so great and so cataclysmic. And let's give you a couple of examples of these enigmatic, enigmatic verses which he had to translate um, and only through the Targum was it translated. The Pasuk says in Zechariah, the Pasuk says in Zechariah, this is actually referencing the Mashiach ben Yosef, um, or some say they're referencing the Mashiach ben Yosef, um, that the fact that there's going to be two Mashiach, Mashiach ben David, who's going to finally restore the, the uh, sovereignty of the Jewish people, Mashiach ben Yosef, is going to restore, Rav Cook writes, more of the, uh, the state, more the country, the uh, physical aspect of a Messiah. Okay, not for now. Point is, on that day, there should be a great morning, Yerushalayim, with the morning of Hadrimon in the Valley of Megiddo. V'omer Rav Yosef, Had we not had the target for this verse, we would have no idea what it means. We have no idea what it means, because this seems to in, in, in imply that there had once been some sort of morning for this guy, random dude, Hadrimon, in Megiddo. And the target comes along and says, but Yoma who Yisagi misbeat of Yerushalayim, and that day should be a great morning Yerushalayim. Kimispad the Ach of our army, let the morning over Ach of the son of Omri to cut the Yasi Hadrima ben Tavria be remote Gilad, who was killed by Hadrima the son of Tavrimon in remote Gilad. Umispad the Yosha bar Amnon, let the morning of Yoshio the son of Amnon to cut the Yasi Parachigia, who was killed by the Paro in Megiddo. Okay, so basically, it's a, a verse, and the Targum really goes all out and, and gives a lot more background to what's going on here. Explains that actually Hadrimon was the person who, um, the, the murderer here, and of similar to the Yoshiyahu, who we know from Tanakh. We also know from we have the Kona um, Yomiyal Yoshiyahu, that famous Kina. Okay, so again, explains more of the background what's going on here, which we never would have known without the Targum. Another place where uh, we see that the teaching of Targum Yonis Benazil really explains the Pasik and gives us context we wouldn't have known otherwise. This comes from Daniel. And, excuse me, this is not 
this is not another example because we just said a minute ago he did not translate uh, Suvin. This is just another teaching of Yirmiya or Chibar Abba. And that goes as follows. For easy, I need Daniel. Pasuk Daniel says, I, Daniel, alone saw a vision. Daniel says as follows. I saw this vision. The people who are accompanying me did not perceive this vision. Yet, even though they did not perceive it, they felt a great fear and they fled into hiding. So first of all, who are these people with Daniel? These are the last of the, uh, the prophets. And we see from here, that Chagai Zechari Malachi were, were superior than Daniel in some areas, and they were inferior to him in other areas. They were superior to him, that they were prophets, whereas Daniel was not a prophet. He was superior to them, because even though they were prophets, in this particular circumstance, he saw this vision, he beheld this vision, whereas they did not perceive this vision. The Gemara is going to ask the obvious question. If they didn't see the vision, so why were they frightened? Right, the, the, the pasuk says they were frightened. So even though they did not see it, their 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 malach uh, saw it. Their malach saw it. Okay, so why were they frightened? It says their vision saw it. Amar Avino, if one becomes frightened for no apparent reason. That must be, they might not see something, but their mazel sees some sort of demon in the area. What should they do if the demon's there? Look at Krishma. Recite Krishma. What if they're in a place where they can't recite Krishma? It's a place that's dirty. They should go jump four amas from where they are and say it there. If they can't do so, they should say, The goat in the slaughterhouse is fatter than me. As in, you, whatever demon, don't come for me. There's, a, there's elsewhere where you can go. Okay, leave me alone. Okay, next. Now we're going to move to the, um, now we're going to move to, um, back to what we said earlier. Vahashta. The Amrit Medina Medina, ear ear. Yeah, if you recall yesterday, we were going to the Pasik. The Pasik said that, and we derive various things from each of these statements. Medina Medina, that not every city is the same, ear ear, not every city is the same, or Shusha is not the same, etc. What's the, what's the, why the redundancy of Mishpacha Mishpacha? Omer of Yosi Barchanina, Lahavi Mishpacha's Kuna Leviya. Tend here is to teach us that the Kohen Levi family, Shavat and they must abandon, they must, if they must uh, prioritize the Megillah over doing the work in the base of Megdash. So they can hear the Mikra Megillah. The Kohanim from their sacrificial uh, services, the Levian from their musical platforms. We saw my mother, Yisrael, from their stations where they were attending to the sacrifices. Kul mavatim avodasim, all abandoning the service. Uvain l'shma mikmegillah to go hear the megillah. Now you may wonder why can't they just read the megillah either early in the morning or later? Why do they have they have to stop what they're doing and alter the schedules? Tosis points out it could be that we we want them to we want Robam Hadis Melech as many people reading the megillah together because of presuming Nisa in order to them to publicize the miracle. So therefore, we actually alter the schedule and they don't do the vote in the right in proper time. Okay. All of them must uh, leave their service in order to do the uh, Megillah. From here, the Rebbe says, We actually abandon Torah study. We leave Torah study to go hear the Mikra Megillah. And this can be proven from the circuits, the service, in the base of Mikdash. Now, just as when it comes to the Avoda, uh, which is more stringent, yet we abandon it, 
Koshke. Certainly, we stop learning in order to hear the Megillah. Okay, we'll stop here. Tomorrow, we're going to pick up with a challenge to this assumption that we stop, that the sacrificial service is more uh, important and more chamor than Torah study. I wish you all a wonderful day.